This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Known and Never podcast. Because this week, we're taking you on a trip down memory lane. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember where you were on Valentine's Day in the year 2000? Because I do. I was on my way home from having dinner with some friends when my phone pinged with a text from my best friend. Now, this is a girl who hated football and she just did not understand it. I think I'd once taken her to Turf Moor and despite not having a clue what was going on, she declared that her favourite player was Dean West, which was purely because they shared a surname. So you can imagine I fully expected the words that I've read on that text message to be a wind-up. Oh my God, you've signed Ian Wright, she claimed. Yeah, sure, funny. But it wasn't a joke. Stan Turnant had made what was perhaps the most incredible signing in the club's history. Ian Wright, legendary gooner, promising media star, England player for God's sake. He was now a Burnley player. The atmosphere around the town was electric. Shirt sales rocketed. Everyone had 33 Wright on the back of them. And in a brilliantly savvy commercial move, the club launched the half-season ticket. So when Ian made his debut at Turf Moor against Wigan, it was a sellout. I honestly thought the noise was going to lift the roof off. Now, it seemed only destiny that the Clarets would seal promotion that year, and we've never looked back. So here, on its 20th anniversary, we sat down with the legend himself and asked him all about his time at Burnley Football Club. What Stan's Friday court was actually like, and just how bad the Gawthorpe mud was. Please enjoy. Ian, yes. I think it's fair to say that your signing came as quite a shock to many. Um, <laughs> Burnley fans in particular, how on earth did that move come about? Talk us through it. Um, I, started, I started the season at West Ham. Um, and I, was, I wasn't really getting on with Harry 
you know what I mean he did for some reason he was just being Harry um, you know I had, a, <laughs> I had a bad my knee was weren't right I felt like I felt a clunk in it after a, after a training game and I was telling but I think they, they had an FA Cup game and I don't want to digress too much but they had an FA Cup game and said listen like, my knee ain't right and since then we fell out and then two weeks later I went on loan to Nottingham Forest went there I was there for about three weeks and then Henrik Larson broke his leg and then um, you know John Barnes was manager of Celtic and then you know I went there and it was just a disaster and um, I remember my mate Mitchell Thomas who's my best mate you know we 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 knew each other from like 1981 and we used to speak a lot and I think Stan just spoke to him one day and just said listen what's what's happening with Ian it's, he's not happy there and you know he wants to come back and at the time Millwall wanted me to go there Theo Pafitis wanted me to go back to Millwall because they knew that I had a soft spot for Millwall but then once Stan once Stan got involved he was really integral in my my development um, early days in Palace to promotion from Palace once he said he wants me to come I just said yeah okay I'll come it was, it was literally, um, I don't know, I, I said to Mitchell, yeah, speak to Stan, yeah, speak to Stan, and by Wednesday, I, it was it was done. I said, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, no That's problem. That's amazing. It, it just came out of a massive bolt out of the blue for us, I think. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise how much of a, a bolt out of the blue it was. Obviously, there's a lot of people around when I got there, but um, it's only the other day, you know, I met, like spoke to a lot of people and they were saying they were in school and... They couldn't believe that some people left school. And yeah. Yeah, it was I, huge. I'm in primary school, and I, see, I remember my dad ringing me up. I'm like, have you heard that we signed the around? Yeah. No, we haven't. <laughs> no, we have not. And I remember checking it. I think we were on teletext at the time, to be fair. Oh, and, teletext. And it, and it came up, and I'm like, my oh, God, we have. He's not having me on. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Now, if we fast forward, I guess, to, to modern-day big news signings, I think the famous Sean Dyche story is that yeah. he... he made Joey Barton an omelette to seal that deal to get it there. No famous cooking stories from Stan? Did he have to persuade you to come? To be honest, no. Once he's, Stan's um, one of those male figures in my life that once he kind of like gets you in a room, um, you're, you're not really going to leave until you till he gets his way. <laughs> you know, he's somebody that I, I, you know what I mean, I had a lot of a love for. He was really good for me, really helped my game. Um, coming in as late as I did, he, he showed me a lot of things as a centre forward that I should be doing without actually curtailing my natural ability to want to take people on and try things. But, like, I just used to... I used to cause havoc at his house. <laughs> you know? He was... Because, like, Stan can go from just naught to zero in ten, yeah. especially when yeah, he's seen yeah. in the dressing room, but never with me. I remember, you know, there's some, some of the time I used to do... I used to actually go to his house because he used to love truffles. He used to buy them truffle chocolates. He used to love those. And then I remember I just... I remember once I went in and I... I just bit half of every single one of them, put them back in to the box and everything. And then uh, <laughs> I remember it's like Danny and Chris, obviously, you know, you know the tragedy happened there. But I remember they, they phoned me and they said that their dad had a massive family meeting because he was absolutely, absolutely beside himself with anger because he's someone that had eaten half his <laughs> When he found out it was me, he said, oh, it's okay. And that's what the boys used to do at Burnley. They used to say that. I'm the son of Stan. I could do no wrong. <laughs> I remember when he used to say, no tackling. I used to still tackle. Yes. Um, <laughs> I used to still tackle. And then he wouldn't say anything to me. I remember one time, Johnny, Ronnie, Ronnie Jepson tackled someone in the same game and Stan went, F, he said, I said, no effing tackling. He said, right, he's just been tackling. He went, 
he told him to wave off oh, into amazing. the dressing room. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I think just picking up on the very quick point, you mentioned Mitchell Thomas is one of your best mates, if not your best mate, and, and he was obviously quite integral to your move. Is he probably the main reason? Would Burnley have been on your radar without Mitchell Thomas, do you think? Um, well, yeah, it wouldn't have been so much on my radar simply because um, it was just... But I knew Stan was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I knew Mitchell was there. And then because we're so close, I mean, Mitchell, it was it was, it was was brilliant. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, you know we as, as best mates, you know, we're coming, to, both of us coming towards the end of it at Burnley. And then we had the success we had with arguably... I would say one of the best bunch of guys I've, I've um, spent time with, you know, playing with Amazing. guys um, and at that level of the game I was playing with, but all good players and nice people and great lads. It was it was one of the funniest times I had, especially when we used to do the Friday court, the court on a Friday. <laughs> it was so funny because <laughs> you, you get in trouble for everything, you know, you get in trouble for everything if you... If you had a wee without asking somebody, you, you know what I mean? No one would say anything to you. And then in Friday court, they, they, you know what I mean? They, they'd mention it, you know? Lenny John Rose would say something or Paul Cook would say something or someone would say something if you left your, if you went to the shower without your slippers on. And then Stan would sit there and he says, Ian, you've been accused of... Um, <laughs> Ian, you've been <laughs> accused of, you know, leaving your top and not wearing your, your slippers to, to shower. How do you plead? I'd say, well... I plead guilty on that one. <laughs> um, I remember there was, I can't remember, I can't go into the one what I've done where I've done a whole dialogue of doing my own defence and in the end I still got, I got charged being guilty for it but it was one of the best um, ways of building like camaraderie and yeah. uh, bond in, in the dressing room I've ever had. What Some good, but, sorry, sorry, go on. What was the punishment for the guilty? No, when the point you just find find right. money, oh, yeah, okay. and that is what that's what would happen with um, with that is that some people got really irate about it, <laughs> got really irate about um, being found guilty and having to pay the fine and stuff like that. But it was it was once it was done, it was done. It was absolutely brilliant. Never seen it done before or after. Um, never heard of anyone doing it after. But it was it was so good because yeah. all during the week you see people do stuff and then. Stan would say, any business, any, any, and then someone said, yep, um, Ian Wright was swearing at such and such at the time. I said, I don't Come swear, on. I wasn't swearing. And then they said, okay, have you, do you want to defend your case? You say, yes, I do want to defend my case. And then you try and defend your case and then it goes to everybody and then you find out if you're guilty or not, if you're guilty or not guilty. Not That's many hilarious. people got a not guilty. From my understanding, these, these punishments are still going ahead yeah, now. They are. They are. This is still, they? It's still happening today, yeah. I think it's I think it's very much a Burnley thing. I think even yeah. generation after generation, we still managed to find a way to get that camaraderie at Burnley and that closeness. Yeah. And I think often because of the size of the squad we have to work with, yeah. that's fundamental and Daesh is the same. We used to, like Glenn Little, we used to just, like every time we'd, we'd try to, Reporting for just just talking to he just talks so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that to be fair because sometimes I go into so Gawthorpe and he'd just be chatting and chatting and chatting. He's just, he's just a wheel of dealers. Yeah. you know what I mean. He's like Del Boy. Yeah, you had a great squad of players around that time. Some yeah, definitely some legends. absolute legends mm-hmm. like Glenn, like you said, you just mentioned. I that d- brings it on nicely. Actually, yeah. do you still speak to any of the lads? Well, to, to be honest, yeah, because obviously, um, uh, um, uh, um, Tranmere. Yeah, you know, a manager at Tranmere. What's our manager at Tranmere? Nicky Mellon. Yeah, Nicky Mellon. Yeah, Nicky Mellon. Paul Cook. Yeah, yeah. Speaks all the time. Steve Davis is in touch. You know, yeah. on the WhatsApp. You know, um, 
and in respects of everybody else, you know, Ronnie Jepson, everyone, you just, you just, you just see him about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see people about, but it's, um, it was for me, you know, as tough as it was when I got there, I didn't realize how tough it was going to be the actual football. And obviously people were, you know, once you were playing against them, they were trying three, four times as hard. Yeah, of um, course. To, to stop you. You know, I remember our first games against Wigan and, you know what I mean? I, I remember there was a, they had a player, I think his name was Michael Jackson. And, you know, for the whole game, he was, he was just saying things about he's, he can't believe he's playing against me. And, you know what I mean? He's just, you know, kind of almost, he wasn't, but like there's people who, who'd kick you in certain games and they'd say, oh, sorry, sorry. You know what I mean? It was really weird. But like, it was strange because I found it very tough to play. It was, a, it was an eye opener for me. And that's why I said to Stan, Stan, I probably can't start these games. Yeah. Um, I, pro- I need to. I need to maybe come over twenty minutes. I could not get to the level, to to the pace of it. You know, until you know what I mean. Once yeah. you started to, I started to read and see what was happening. Yeah. So it was better for me because it's almost like I was off the bench, and I just watched the defenders, just watch what get they do. Yeah, get on, yeah, and see what they were doing, and then I say, Stan, I could j- just give me twenty minutes, and he Let done everyone it. Everyone else tire them out. Absolutely, and, and then come on and <laughs> nick the goal against. The Jill, yeah. <laughs> Nick the goal against like the first one against Gillingham, I remember. But like that's what I said to him, and it wasn't um I wasn't being disrespectful to the league. It's just that where I was at the stage I was with the couple of injuries that I was carrying with my ankle and stuff, it was it was just a bit too much for me. Yeah. It's still the same minutes. now, isn't it? Championship yeah. is a different yeah. It's a very t- yeah, it's a massive, massive thing now. You managed to get four goals though. Mm. I think you've came eleven appearances off the bench and things mm. like that. So how do you rate like your time at Burnley in terms of like the success that you had in terms of goals and obviously the promotion. Well, I think all the goals, um, when people talk about it, all the goals, they, they kind of, they meant something. They helped in the end. And when you see our, our we needed to, I think we, we, did, we, we drew at Torquay. No, we beat Torquay. Glenn Little scored a great goal. Mm. Um, was it Torquay or was it Scunthorpe? Scunthorpe. Yeah, that was a promotion yeah. goal. Yeah, 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 it was Scunthorpe. We got to a point where, um, yeah, so we, we had to beat them and someone else had to... Gillingham. Yeah, yeah to lose. I think Wrexham had to beat Gillingham. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and we had to yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were all at the turf on a big yeah. match. Yeah. Was there? Yeah. They all went to the whole one side. Wow. Must have been amazing. But um, it was... What I, what I was uh, pleased about is that um, in training, you know what I mean? Mainly used to do the training sessions. We used to talk about finishing and mm. finishing with, with, with the guys and everything and... You know, with me, I, I wasn't really fussed about the not scoring yet. at the time. That I, well, I, it, for some reason, it just didn't bother me. Mm. We were playing well. We was doing okay. And I remember when I did come on against Gillingham and scored, you know, I, you just knew, yeah, you, you kind of felt, I just felt like it was going to happen. I think I scored against, it might have been Reading. I'm not sure if it was Reading. Alan Pardew, I know Alan Pardew was absolutely, because Alan Pardew wanted me to go to, to Reading. Yeah in that same time once he found out I was leading, leading Celtic but I was pleased with all the goals because they all meant something they yeah. were all quite well they did they got us promoted I yeah. think if you yeah. do the maths and you work out the games where your goals either got us a point instead of one or three instead of one uh, sorry one instead of none or three mm. instead of one we wouldn't have got promoted without your you goals know, so uh, you know, I always make a joke and say um, what's it called the Burnley's success now is simply <laughs> because <laughs> of my goal against Gillingham yeah. <laughs> we'll let you have that one yeah, no. but it was um it, I, I don't know that the, the guys. You almost felt like the guys were a little bit like, "Oh gosh, I hope he can score." Because so, they, it's almost like they were embarrassed and they were so embarrassed—not embarrassed for me, but they just felt kind of sorry for yeah. me. I wasn't scoring, but I, I it, it didn't bother me as much as like um, people might have thought because there was a lot of people talking about he's not scored yet. Yeah. But like, it wasn't something that anyone was worried about. And then once the score, and you know what, Stan was always just 
he says, I know you'll come for me when it's when it's time for you to yeah. come for me. And it, you know, I, like, I didn't know, but he, he, he knew, so it happened. But like you said then, though, the people were paying a lot of attention to you on the pitch. So yeah. just your mere presence obviously opened up chances for you, Glenn Littles, to, to score that screamer. But um, we talked about the management style of um, Cernan with yeah. the with what you said about the courtroom, etc. Yeah. So it was a little robust, to say the least, with his old school things. Um, was working under him. How would you how would you prepare for games under? under yeah, yeah. It was um, it was uh, it was very meticulous. You know what I mean? It was you know there was a lot of um, like set pieces and the way they played and everything like that. It was very very good. Um, I remember there was one time when can't remember it was we I can't remember who we were playing, but Gordon Armstrong as well. I was still in touch with Gordon as well. Every now and then he texts. Um, and I remember there was a time where he picked the eleven. And the people that weren't involved with the eleven, because you had to, it was very like you're going to be doing this, and we make sure you do this. And so the people who weren't involved, you had to, you had to go away. And I remember when he he said that um, I think he said Gordon Gordon's not involved. This one, I wasn't involved that one. And then Gordon says something like, uh, "F and L." I thought it was all pissing in the same pot, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he kind of said it. He said it when he was walking away. And the thing with Stan, Stan would be like that. He went like that. What did you say, Gordon? <laughs> and I thought that Gordon was just going to, he wasn't going to say anything. I thought, don't say anything because I know what he's like. <laughs> and he said, no, nothing, Gaff. I just thought, you know, we're, we're all pissing in the same pot. And he told him, I've never seen a manager send so many people off the training ground to get, he went, fuck off. Get in <laughs> fuck off, <man." laughs> And that, that was the same time when <laughs> Ronnie Jepson, Ronnie Jepson was tackling in training because he didn't want tackling mm. on the Friday, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And like I done a tackle, and then no one said anything. So Ronnie Jepson done the tackle. By this time, he'd already sent um, Gordon Armstrong because a long way from the pitch to get back to the to the to the actual place. Yeah. So he was all the way up there, and then he had a, he dug Ronnie Jepson out as well for tackling. He told him to f off as well. Go on, f off <laughs> with your mate. So you see them both up there um, walking off. But it was it was re- at no stage was it not funny for me. It just felt like. Fun. I felt yeah, like yeah. I was in a a Kez film. <laughs> you know what I mean? I felt like it was just always fun. Everybody's funny. You know, Jeppo was funny. And Stan, like I say, when it came to the games, um, you know, because Steve Copp was the manager of women's at Palace, I never, some of the times I saw him get angry. I remember one time he got angry with Mark Bright because Mark Bright questioned one of his um, training sessions. We was doing something. And if you started off and, if you stand past you the ball and it bounced off you, he'd stop it straight away and say, stop, do it properly, bam. So you can't just get a bad touch and go, oh, come here. And then start, he would stop it. And I remember he'd done that to Mark Bright. Mark Bright said something. And at the time, obviously, Mark was a high, he was high. He was very senior in the dressing room. And he said something to Stan. Stan said something. And then Stan walked off training pitch. I think Mark got in trouble for it from Steve Coppel and that. Um, and then Stan talked to everybody and said he's, he, he's not having that and... You know, that's not the way uh, professionals should speak to a coach and stuff like that. But with him, in respects of getting things right, that he gave me that from from a very early stage. You say that no stage in training when you're never, ever miss the target when you're in training. This is what training's for. He instilled a lot of stuff like that in you. And like, like I say, going back to your question about the preparation, it was it was as good as like when I was at Arsenal with George Graham or with, with Wenger it was meticulous to the to the 
right to the core. So that's really interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I genuinely wouldn't have anticipated that. Oh. But there's a few there's a few players you mentioned there that have gone on to be managers and coaches. That never entice you with. Um, you know something? I missed my opportunities because I, I went towards television. And it's funny because Stan wanted me to stay um, for that next year, whether it was just to stay and be amongst it. And I think he wanted me to be involved in the coaching side of it as well. Um, but like there was a call for television. And at the time, you know, I thought, OK, that's the that's the route I'm taking. Because at the time I was doing a television show. I remember that. I yeah. remember that television show. Yeah, Friday nights were right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, I remember um, I watched it the day you signed or the, the mm, week you signed mm. and the guy who introduced it said Burnley's newest signing. Like, <laughs> what is going on? We were yeah. never mentioned on no. TV. No, never. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was... Um, yeah, it, sorry, what, what was I saying? I can't remember. What was my train of thought? I lost it. Uh, whether you've gone into coaching. Right, yeah, and so I missed it and I, I regret it. I regret that because... Um, every now and then, like I'll go and see my, my, my mate Lee Johnson. I pop into to Arsenal. You know what I mean? I go and see my mate um, Carl Carl Robinson at Oxford, and when he was at MK Dons, just to be amongst it again. And it's something that I do like. I would not I would not have been able to deal with the emotions that football give you, whether you win, lose, win yeah. or lose, or draw, yeah. or you, you know when your own fans, you see your own fans, they get angry with you, and then they start realise when you get to that stage where. And it will come where you're. They don't want you there no more. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult, and I think like the emotional side of me, and the fact that I'm very instinctive and off the cuff, would have been too much for me to be a manager. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, it falls on your head, doesn't it? Essentially, yeah, I would yeah. not have been able to cope with being a manager. Yeah, it's pretty honest to, to be able to reflect that on yourself mm. and realise what that Yeah, was. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, can I just pick up very quickly on the Gothop point? Yeah. You were talking about having to go ages. I yeah. think we all remember the old Gothop yeah. yeah, where yeah, had to get, yeah. you had to drive down. What on uh, Coming from the calibre that you came to and the this, this career you'd had, yeah. what on earth did you think that first day you turned up at, at Gothop? No, nah, man, it was fine. It was fine. It was almost like a, a, a brilliant reality check because you can imagine like Arsenal's training ground. Yeah. You know, before the West Ham, you, you got, when I went from Arsenal to, to to West Ham's training ground, it was it was a little bit of like, well, you'd expect it to be a Premier League. It was going to be a lot better. Mm. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't like you're thinking. Mm. Wow, you'd have thought it was going to be a lot better facilities. And obviously, when I went to Burnley, it was it was it was literally like some of the the mud and everything was all around <laughs> the place and everything. It was it was like a, a Sunday. You know, a wet Sunday morning kind of like facility place yeah. where you know you walk in. Like temporary buildings, it, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was like that, and it wasn't something that bothered me simply because I come from that, and you know, I mean, it was quite fitting that I was ending up in the same kind of way. But like I say, Stan said he wanted me to come there to because he's got a great bunch of lads, and he thinks he thinks that with me in and around, and just that we might be able to get promotion this year. That was the only thing that I was thinking about that we could do that, but. The facilities and everything that happened was brilliant because you could do stuff where you could do stuff where um, you, 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 I could just slide around. We're doing slidey yeah. tackles, yeah. just do slide things and mess around. We've done a lot of messing around because there's a lot of lot of mud and water around the place, and this is why we needed. Everybody had to wear flip flops because of the amount of yeah, mud I and stuff imagine. on the floor. It was it wasn't Arsenal, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Have wasn't you, bad. Have One you sec, been to... Roscoe, that kettle's going to probably make a lot of noise. Yeah, but it's fine because like, it's fine. Like. Now we do it after. Yeah, because that kettle will just make some noise. And it's quite mind. all right. No. See, this is what happens with live podcasts. Yeah. We get yeah. brew, coffee breaks halfway yeah. through. Yeah, it's um, fine, man. No, you're all right. Don't worry. Um, have you, I don't know if you've had the opportunity yet. Have you seen Burnley's new... 
training no, ground at Barfield. No, I've only heard of it. I've oh, only heard yeah, about it. A long way away from the yeah. mud from Gawthorpe, for sure. A long way away. It's actually I enjoyed. Decent. I enjoyed the, the Gawthorpe at the end. It was, it, was, it, was quite, it was quite a weird way because I went right full circle, came back to yeah. where it was and, and it's finished with, with success of going up. Um, but like there was nothing about it what, when I went in on a, on a daily basis, you know, because he let me train for like three, maybe four days some of the time. Sometimes you stay up longer. Um, and I, I remember I used to ride a bike as well a lot to in and around there. Um, and I had a nice little mini. Yeah. Stan didn't want me to have he said you shouldn't be driving a Mini <laughs> you know it looks bad on us I said no man this is perfect this is perfect to be driving around and it was nice the town and kids used to come around the house you know um, some of the times me and Mitchell would be in the house you know just and the kids would come around the house it was a nice time it was it was just a real I don't know how, 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 to, how to put it it was it just felt real like I say it felt like First time I watched Kez, the buildings, the, the houses, and you go up hills and, you know, round it. It's, it's brilliant to be around. Yeah, you mentioned you went full circle, obviously you had a fantastic career. Um, but where does that promotion rank for you in your career? Well, it's success, so it's up there with everything yeah. else. Because, um, you know, like my, my, first, my first success really was the promotion with Palace, which I'll never forget. Um, then, you, then, you, then you go to Arsenal, you win things and everything. And, but the, when you win something or when you achieve something... It's no difference just because of the, the magnitude of it. Like the Premier League, winning with Burnley in that moment when you found out, my feeling was exactly the same as, as winning the Premier League because yeah. it's, it's, um, it's success. You know what I mean? You know how happy people are. And, you know, looking around the, the dress and seeing how happy people were, uh, we went on an unbelievable um, trip at the end of that season, which, um, like I said, I've never... It was a different culture at the time. And... Um, you know, everybody bought golf clubs, but I don't know what for. <laughs> it, it was it was one of the best trips I'd ever been on in respect of watching guys have a, have a good time. I guess the perfect question now is tell us more about that trip. What sort of <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked <laughs> that. Like, don't but stop. <laughs> it was no, it was just like you know the fun, the fun, and the t- when we went out, and it was you know it was a different. It was it was different. Um, being with the, the Burnley guys, because when we went out, you, you weren't mobbed by people. Yeah. You know, mm. um, when you went away with, with Arsenal, it was, you yeah. know, you had to have people around. So we, we, it was like normal blokes. You could just be in and around. And when you're like that, obviously people are less inhibited and yeah. they just, <laughs> they just drank and just went crazy, man. Oh, I dread to think it was that was really, back then. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Paul that, Cook and Mickey Mellon. I think, um, I think I've, I saw, uh, you know, because Stan just let us off the leash. He, he really had me over there, literally on a daily basis, asking me to stay. Um, but like, my mind was already made up. But like, watching Paul Cook and Mickey Mellon, because I think Mickey Mellon was sharing a room with me and Mitchell. Mm. We stayed. Mm. I've never seen anybody as as plastered as even Paul Cook. <laughs> it was it was brilliant to see. They I remember we had to we, we me and Mitch bought Paul Cook. One time we we brought him home. It was just like fant- it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. My time there is as good as any time I've, anywhere I've been because of the guys, and that's what it comes down to. It always comes down to the the people you're with as as to if you remember your how, how you remember the good times. And and when you're at Arsenal, when I was at Palace and trying to get through, it was very intense because you're trying to achieve and get somewhere. Then you get to Arsenal, and then it's all about achieving and accomplishing and then you know you, you get to somewhere like Burnley who, who are trying to get promotion and as much as 
the guys have not been through um, what I've been through in respect of trying to get to a level and trying to get to promotion and trying to. It was brilliant to see how they took to it. Yeah, just before I move on to the next set of questions, um, the game at Scunthorpe, when did you guys know that Gillingham were losing and we were was, essentially going up? I think it was, it, I think it was after, after the... I, I, I was quite confused with it because when Glenn, when Glenn scored, I think he scored a really good goal from outside yeah. of Brox. It was a yeah, brilliant goal. Yeah. Um, I, I think at the end, once, once he scored, then we found out afterwards, I think someone said that they... They 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 drew. Did they draw or did, did they lose? They needed something against they needed Wrexham. To win. They needed to win. Yeah. Right, and and they didn't. So we, I I just remember that um, after in the in the dressing, by the time we got to the dressing room, everybody knew, we knew yeah. we knew what was going on, and it was brilliant. That's when it really started. And then all of a sudden, they had to find champagne from somewhere. <laughs> Not yeah. easy. We had a horrendous time. As I said, we were all at at, um, at turf watching that game. They put a huge big screen on for us, which was unheard of in Burnley. Mm. And because it's Burnley and we love them, it like the feed cut out at a really critical. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I was doing that. I remember that. Upstairs and downstairs but, are the James. Obviously, Hopkins obviously, in them days, you couldn't get your phone out. No. Yeah. So when the feed cut out, uh, what while the game was going on, or and when they had through? portable radios where they were like yeah. trying to tune into Radio Lancashire, it was hilarious. Um, Moving on just, I guess, to modern times, just uh, away from the nostalgia of those yeah. games. Um, the current Burnley squad's obviously achieving things yeah. that we never thought that we would ever see at Burnley. Yeah. Um, I want to pick up on the Nick Pope situation because yeah. at the moment there seems to be increasing pressure on um, Jordan Pickford yeah. about losing his number one. But I, it feels like this weekend the focus has shifted onto Dean Henderson and yeah. Nick Pope's I've, fallen I've off. I've found that. It's, this season it tends to be the conversation is Pickford or Henderson? Pickford, and we're all like, hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's, he's got the most clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got more than Anderson. The fact is, is that yes, and he's in there. I think the reason why they say that with Anderson is because, and you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not even going to hide it. It's, it's because of the Manchester United effect. The fact that, that he could go back to Manchester United. Yeah. I feel that they they do feel as well with um, Nick Pope and his um, the, the football inside of it, which is something yeah. that I always find quite frustrating to people talk about a goalkeeper's footwork rather than the saves he sure, makes. Yeah. Stuff, yeah, but I think that. Um, <clears throat> What Nick Pope is doing is is, is 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 just getting on with it. Yeah, and I think that he's 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 um his stats will will show yeah. that you know if he, exactly. if his, yeah, his stats will show. Anderson obviously with what he's doing at Sheffield, he'll get more. Uh, I don't know. He'll get more column inches simply because of the way Sheffield have taken this league on. Yeah, yeah. And he's been a big part in it, and he's a loanee from Manchester United. Yeah, and so that's why he is. He's somebody that you know. When you look at Manchester United's um, like fan base and global, and to Burnley's, you know they're going to be able to push that narrative a lot yeah. harder. Yeah, yeah. We'll so that. that's that's that, that's all that is. But at the end of the day, yeah, Nick Pope, you know, some of the say, yeah, he's, he and he will be, he will be there. Yeah, it's really frustrating for us that the the reasons for not putting Pope in number one is that oh, it's his distribution's not as good as football. But then it's the distribution problem that's conceding all the goals in the first place. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, huh? but it's people. It's not even a, a case of of that. It's just an excuse, yeah, really, isn't it? Is. You know, you want your goalkeeper to make saves, but at the end of the day, Gareth um, does want his goalkeeper to be able to play out. So it seems yeah. like it's a big thing for him. Yeah, like we said, Burnley have got well. Nick Paul's got eleven clean sheets. Obviously, another part of that is Ben Mee, Tark, yeah, and Taylor. Yeah. Tark has been on the fringe of the England squad. The other two haven't had a look in no. yet. Taylor's starting to have a few <laughs> questions. Do you reckon there's any chance of them three? Being I think. T- I think he was. He, he, he must have been looking at Taylor. Yeah, because yeah. he was you, at Newcastle, weren't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he must be looking at Taylor simply because when you look at the at Ben Chilwell at the moment, 
he seems to be having a pretty poor season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Danny Rose has obviously gone across to, to Newcastle on loan. He seems to be not playing as well as he could be playing. Um, and you're looking at um, left-backs and there's not many around who are making a claim. Mm. And when you, you watch the way that Taylor's been playing recently, you know, and obviously you have to mention Dwight as well. Um, yeah, and, you know what I mean? And sure. Dwight McNeil and the way he's playing. And they've got a nice thing going on that left side. It wouldn't surprise me if Dwight McNeil as a left sider is somebody that will probably in some of these squads, absolutely without a shadow yeah, of a doubt. For sure. um, and so if that's the case and you notice him, then you'll have to notice Taylor as well. You just have to hope that Taylor can get in there and, and just give him a chance. That's what you want. It's just, you have to have a look because we ain't got, no, we haven't really got anybody at left back no, who's, who's doing anything. Yeah. Tark as well, he's been fantastic this season. He always is though. Yeah, he's he's, he's very solid. You know, I, I like to, I like Tarkovsky, and I, I like obviously Ben Mee never gets a no, Ben Mee, and he's he's a City graduate as well yeah. as Ben Mee, so I'm quite surprised. It's, it's that surprising. That, you he's, know. he's never even been in the conversation no, as Ben. Never ever. Which is um, which f- from from his point of view, it's really quite sad. It's the same with people. Wolves say the same about Connor Cody. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Lewis Lewis Dunk got. Um, you know, they were talking about Lewis Dunk for a while, and Lewis Dunk kind of got himself in and around it, but like it kind of he got in on the kind of quiet I think somebody pulled out Lewis Dunk got pulled in and I remember seeing footage of him and Marcus Rashford taking him on doing stuff but like I haven't seen him as somebody who I think is, is is good enough as well to be amongst it I haven't seen his name talked about a lot but you know it's, it's a tough one it's a tough one for Gareth Tarkovsky has to be in there you know what I mean yeah. for me I think that he, you know he's proven that he's a, a very stable centre half yeah. and he's somebody again that you, you, you have to Say as as well as Michael Keane was doing when he was mm. at Burnley, Tarkovsky was for me Slotted the better in. player, and mm. I think he's proven that. He's proven that now, yeah. See, so yeah, I have to, I have to second that. Obviously, for obviously, he's like Tarky. He's a yeah. he's a good guy. But he, um, the narrative of playing football out and what is Gareth Southgate looking for? Mm. Last season, I didn't see so much of that of Tarky, but this year, definitely, yeah, I've definitely. noticed him taking a few more risks and a few more gambles mm. with the playing it out. I've noticed Sharon Dash having a bit of a sweat on at times. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I've noticed it. He's having a go. He's running forward. He's yeah. doing what we was enticed by Maguire yeah. to get you know that sort of move. And I've sort of noticed it more with uh, Tarky this year. So it is good to see. Him I think that what, what's happening with the centre halves, you you know, they know now because you, they've seen what's happened with Harry Maguire and his emergence. You know, you know, from Hull to Leicester, now Man United, eighty million pounds. And if you're gonna if you're gonna match up um, Harry Maguire and Tarkovsky in respects of ability and what they can do it's and and james he's got good pace as well yeah he has um you know and so yeah strong in the air Mm. you know very strong player so if he now then brings into his game the fact that he can come out with the ball he can link play into midfield and play those passes then you know his his case is is strong yeah his case is strong um a couple of last questions just to, to finish off then um one of our panellists referenced the chat show that we talked about earlier on yeah. um, that you were doing at the time you were at Burnley. Who would have been your best guest to have on, dead or alive? Best best guest. Who I could have had? Yeah. At the time, I probably... At the time, I, I, I was desperate to... We, we were really close to getting Eddie Murphy. Oh, wow. We were really close. It was, you know, because we got Will Smith. Yeah. We, had, we got Denzel Washington. You know, we got... Love Denzel. You know what I mean? We we got to, you know it, it it was really 
is really cool in that respect. We've got Mariah Carey. We've got a lot of the people that once we, you reached out and you, you thought, oh, we're not going to hear anything. And we heard back from Eddie Murphy a couple of times and then in the end, it didn't, um, it didn't materialise. But, you know, you, know, you know, when I leave here, I'll probably think of some other names. But he was the one that everybody, when we, when we used to ask about who do you want, who would you want to see on the show, his name was like top of the list. Yeah. All the time. Um, let me see. Who would I have probably? And I, I remember Dennis Rodman. Remember Dennis Rodman? Yeah. That, that was a weird old vibe. Yeah. <laughs> went, went out afterwards as well, and he was just like, oh, you know, he was he was he was an amazing guy to have. That must have been um, a real pinch me moment, though. It must have been like, how did yeah. I end up in I, here? Yeah, but like you know, who I probably would have liked to have had Brad Pitt. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Brad I think, Pitt I think everyone would like to be yeah. him with yeah. at some point. I you probably, can't argue with that. Because you know the thing with Brad Pitt, I think that he's somebody, if you reached out, he's as, as big a star as he is. And you know, the vibe I get from him is, is that he'll probably, if he'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. And the people who are around him won't be able to stop him yeah. from doing that. Because I, once I, when I read up about him and he was somebody who used to hold a sign, a, a sign, whether it was a sign to point people in that direction and some LA like big producers saw him and said, you need to come and have a screen test. And that was it. You know, that's how they discovered Brad Pitt. And so he's kept that kind of normality. You know, yeah, when yeah, you see him, sure. he's still a normal bloke and the kind of guy that you can have a beer with and chill with. And he's somebody that I would love to have been able to, Excellent. to sit down on a couch yeah, with. From uh, the one, mud of Gawthorpe to Brad Pitt. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One final question sent in uh, via Twitter from the guys at London Longside. Just a bit of fun to end mm. it with. On a chocolate digestive, which side would you consider to be the top? Is it the biscuit or the chocolate? No, the chocolate's the top. Excellent. 100%. That is the right I answer. I can't believe anyone would say well, nobody, Why would anybody... Why would anybody... Why would you have a chocolate biscuit and, <laughs> That's what and it's I a thought. chocolate one and you, you put it on the chocolate side so exactly. you can see the digestive That's side? That's what I thought when, when, they, when they sent that question in. I think someone responded to it saying that it was How wasn't is this a question? Chocolate. It's yeah. just yeah. ridiculous. There it's are just, people who think you know, the biscuit's the The reason top. why the chocolate biscuit is so desirable is because when you turn it around, you see the chocolate, it's got the nice digestive underneath it. I've got, sure. I've got to top that one because I can't believe that's even a question. Fair <laughs> play, London Longside. Which was harder, the Gawthorpe dressing room, as you said, it was quite untidy, messy, dirty, or the jungle? I'd probably take the Gawthorpe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jungle was um, jungle's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the, the thing with it, where you can't even um, compare them is because I was having an amazing time at Gawthorpe amazing time it, and the thing is is the only reason why I would talk about the, 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 the actual um, dressing rooms and the facilities is because you've asked me about them because they don't even come onto my radar it's only when you think of it you think of oh yeah I remember that bit and that and like sometimes the water was pretty cold and stuff like that so it's an eye opener it's, it's what you need it's what you made me realise and you know it, it, it's really strange because it did make me realise how fortunate I've been yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Because this is what it's like for people at this moment who are trying to maybe climb the ladder to get where I, yeah. I, I was. So, you know, it was something that I kind of appreciated. But with the jungle, to be that hungry and that um, bored um, and that tired, um, was it was really tough mentally. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very tough uh, environment to be in. You know, you can't even compare it. I would, you know what I mean? I'd go, I'd be, I'd go to golf for... Every single day, day of the week. Especially now. Yeah, Especially now. Exactly. exactly. Um, Ian, uh, we can't just express our appreciation yeah, so much, much for giving for up yes. your time. Our yeah. listeners are going to absolutely love I this. Love that. I, you know, I get so much love from Burnley fans. Um, As you should. You know, they, no, no, but the fact is, is that it's, it's only through the fact that they, they, 
let me know, especially people who have grown up now who were at school. They yeah. say what it meant. It was a, yeah, a big time for them. You don't realise, and this is why, you know, I mentioned the film Kez, because, like, I could imagine if somebody came into that environment, then you, you, everybody would remember it because it's such a yeah. an isolated plate burning. The most what, what was that stat they used to have about the most fans to a, a, population? Yeah, population. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I used to really quite like that. Probably so, it's still the same. Today. It's still the same. Yeah, you know what I mean. So everybody and what I loved about it is that obviously we had them lot across the road at Blackburn. Nobody. Whoa, no. well, don't be swearing. No. This is a family friend. <laughs> Nobody podcast. in Burnley had any other no. shirt on. You never, no. yeah. Still uh, the same. It's about a third of the population of the town goes yeah. on the turf. Unbelievable. It's like when we're going to Old Trafford and beating them. Yes. There's more people in Old Trafford than what live in Burnley. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's it, you know what? It was, it was a real eye-opening time for me um, being at Burnley. And, and it was one of... Easy, one of the best times of my life. And I was there with my best mate. Yeah. And we ended up getting promotion. Yeah, it is brilliant. Well, on behalf of the Known and Ever and the Turfcast podcast, Ian, thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.